Welcome to the Cosmic Circle, the official podcast for thecosmiccircus.com. I'm Isla Ruby. We're chatting Invincible Season 2, and just a warning, there will be blood. Ahem, spoilers. I'm joined by some fantastic people as guests today, writers John Dotson, Izzy Friedman, and Anthony Flagg. Hello. Hello. What's up, y'all? So, as I mentioned, there are going to be heavy spoilers, and I think you're stronger than the temptation to turn back now. Um, before we before we dig deep, too deep into this show, I'm really curious, and we talked a little bit about this in the pre-show, um, but are you, you know, coming from this as people who have read the comics or, you know, is your first exposure to this, the TV show? Do I go first? Is, is, is it me or okay. right. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I don't know. Um, so... I never read the comics at all. I didn't even know about the comics until the show came out. Um, I actually got the screeners for season one, like way before the show premiered, like a month before it came out. And I was just sitting on this like amazing program for a month, had no idea what I had. And then, like, turn it on one day, and then that first episode, like, ended with that banger ending, and I I was not ready. (laughs) I was not prepared. I fell on my chair, and I've been hooked ever since. So, yeah, that was my exposure to Invincible. You got in earlier than me. I had my friends going at me for so long saying, Izzy, you have to watch this show. Izzy, the show is everything that you're about. You gotta, you gotta. I read all the comics. You would love the comics. You have to do it. And I kept being like, I'll get around to it. And I finally did like a month or two after everybody else did. And I went, guys, have you watched the show? It's fantastic. It's everything I'm about. And they're like, did you forget that we told you every single day for months? Um, so yeah, I'm same. The ending of that first episode knocked it out of the park for me. Ooh. And then the ending of the last episode just clinched it in. I've been thinking about it ever since. Mm. And this yeah. is this is Omni-Man basically destroying his team, which you don't expect, right? Oh, it's no. like pure Game of Thrones like finale. <laughs> and just like you think like, oh, what a nice sweet a beat family not at all (laughs) the fact that they set them all up as like it seems at my first viewing i thought they were sort of parodies Mm -hmm. of i think they're more like deconstructions but i thought they were parodies of of real life or you know quote unquote real life but analogs with these superheroes that we all know and the fact that you introduce them all and you're like oh i know these people and then they're all just brutally killed off <laughs> yeah seller by the person who is the analog for superman mm-hmm. or mark is slightly more of the analog for superman but still crazy <laughs> when i no. first saw it i think it was like maybe when almost episode four is about to come out because the first season came out with three episode premiere and a friend of mine's like, you should really pop in and watch this because he had read all the comics. He's a big Kirkman fan. So then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll give it a, a shout. And then, yeah, that hit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing with the rest of my month. Yep. And just I binged the rest of them right there. So I got halfway through the season and then got to watch it, you know, weekly. And that was that was great because I didn't know it was going to end with, you know, 
bus going split in half with Mark's face. Like, who expects that? The way that the title of the show is Invincible and it ends with like invincible body horror. Yeah. So you expect it to be like this coming of age of like him getting his powers and it ends with the most horrific use of his powers ever. <laughs> Think about it every day. Uh, speaking of the Invincible, the the first episode, the end title coming at the very end of the episode. Jeez, man. That was so mean to tease that many times. I think I counted like out. nine. Ugh. And we're going to get to that, too. Um, okay. But, okay, so, you know, we're, we're all coming at it from different perspectives. And I'm, I'm just curious, just, you know, what, and we don't have to spend too long on this, but what do you guys think about, like, Invincible coming out at the same time as Gen V and Loki? Because I know we talked about that a little bit on the our little Discord, which you all, if you're listening, should join because it's, it's free. Um, I think it makes for amazing weekly television. Like, just, you get, you know, you get the brutality of Invincible. You get the brutality of Gen V. You know, in a, in a, in a live action format, mind you. And then you get the weirdness of Loki every, every <laughs> Thursday. I mean, it's, it just... It goes together like cookies and milk, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. It's a great lineup. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I think it's also really fun that we're seeing all of these very brutal superhero shows coming out at the same time. Yeah. Um, especially because, and maybe I'm just not, haven't been seeking out that content, but for a couple of years in the past, before Invincible and the boys and everything came out, it was very sanitized superhero yeah. content that I was seeing. So this push in this direction, I, I'm loving it. I think, I think the, the only thing I could think of before that was Brightburn. Oh. Or uh, Hancock, but that was a comedy as well. Although Twist, like there really wasn't like brutal, brutal, like with, with powers, like Blade, sure, but not like Superman style dude who could really wreck, like seeing the dark side of what Superman could do if he really said, you know what, I don't want to help. So having, having seen it in The Boys and Invincible, both from Prime, it's interesting takes. And I love pieces. that they're doing that with a Superman type character because that gets yeah. to so much of like, in the origin of Superman from like the original comics, that gets into so much about what Superman was about and its conception. Like this idea of, what if there was this super powerful being, but in order to be like, I mean, it's a, in a certain ways, it's a deconstruction of the Ubermensch, right? And the idea that it's to be that person, you would actually have to be incredibly kind. In order to be that incredibly powerful person, to pull that off, you would have to be kind, you'd have to want to help people. Mm -hmm. And so to, Invincible to take this and to split that character kind of between Mark and Omni-Man, um, and to have it be, oh, but what if you weren't? What if mm -hmm. we did the opposite take of that? Versus what if you actually actively had to fight against that to be kind um, and to do the right thing? I just love that take. <laughs> it, it's brilliant. I think you, and I think you said it so wonderfully too. I think you explained it great. Um, so do you guys, you know, getting into the show itself. So we talked about the fake outs a little bit. You know, obviously, as you know, the the first couple of minutes of the show's opening, um, it's quite different than we we expected. What do you um? What are your thoughts on that? 
just like an invincible fashion fashion they subvert like any idea that you might have like kind of like the first episode of season one you think it's just a sweet loving family you know oh what a what a nice you know um what is the word wholesome mm-hmm. tv show about this dad who raised the family and all this and they they take that same concept where you think oh you're you're seeing normal people like they're normal invincible and dad but they're actually the bad guys this mm-hmm. time and they're like already taking over earth you know like is it an alternate dimension like it's it's such a good setup that makes you off culture right off the bat yep yeah so i was so confused while i was watching it because it's been a while since i've watched um you know invincible season one and the thing that was running through my head was just have i'm am i remembering all of this completely wrong have i just been really really confused and then you know i figured okay this is either a dream and i hate when it's a dream um in stories I'm like no this is this is levy this is alternate dimension so i started to figure it out um but i was very confused and i think john you described it really well off kilter was the perfect way to put it for me <laughs> i had the same thing i thought it was a, a dream like mark was maybe having this whole what if i became my dad thing yeah. but then we didn't have him wake up afterwards or anything so then like my heart dropped to my throat or I guess it rose to my throat. I don't know how that saying goes. Uh, because I was like, what if this is like a flash forward and the show will be working its way towards that? But then I do think it's alternate dimension, especially when we found out afterwards that he does join his dad in most universes, which is crazy for me to think about. But um, I think that, I mean, we sort of touched a lot on how this show is particularly brutal. Um, and I think this is just the most brutal way that you could open this, right? Um, is to show, first of all, the voice acting, like when they were together and that guy said like, oh my God, or something. That sounded so real to me. Yep. Um, I was genuinely, and maybe this is just because everything that I was seeing, I was like, this is slightly more topical than I would like it to be. But um, it was so jarring to see Mark treat for instance, treat Eve like we had seen um, Omni-Man treat his wife, like this sort of like, oh, she's sort of a pet, Mm -hmm. Uh, was crazy. Uh, And I was just kept thinking, dear God, I hope that this is a dream, even though I agree that whole it was all a dream thing is kind of kitschy to me. But I hope it is, because if this is where we are leading, (laughs) so I'm glad it's an alternate universe, but Jesus. I thought for a minute he had actually changed his mind, you know, but and come back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought for like a split second, and then they had me so unfocused with that when they hit with the angstrom, and I'm like, oh yeah, right, him. He's a he's a multiversal person. Oh, okay, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> so, and then yeah, they paid it off real quick, and it was it was nice to see him run around and do that. But good fake out, I'm sure for the people that you know with the what thirty month wait for the second season. <laughs> um there totally forgot no oh, no there won't no i no i know i know there definitely won't be a long wait um but it's just funny because like 
they capitalized on the fact that people forgot in such a long period. And that's a good little twist to start it off. It makes you immediately interested and just like, just so uh, invested in what's going on. Um, Izzy, you kind of touched on on uh, Mark's treatment of, of Eve. And I'd love to talk about that some more because, you know, it's in this opening and he, um, you know, he treats her like a pet and he also paralyzes her when, you know, um, Omni-Man is destroying everyone else. Um, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that, what does that show about him? I mean, I think it shows that he's a mean-spirited um, individual. I mean, <laughs> there's not a worse thing you could do than, like, make somebody completely paralyzed just to sit there and be in pain and just, like, uh, it shows the, the duality of that version compared to the character on like on I don't know Earth six four six in this universe. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever number it is for invincible. But yeah, it yikes. Yikes is a good word for it. I would say yikes absolutely. Um the thing that got me about it was how he does it sort of I mean, yes, it's obviously mean-spirited, but he does it sort of lovingly at the same time. And it really got me thinking like, oh, oh, he has fully embraced his dad sort of, yes, of course I love you and your mother. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was gonna have to like kill and or enslave you for 18 years of your life, but I totally really loved you that whole time. And the fact that he seemed kind of sad about it, he was like, you know, I did this so that maybe I can come visit her. Sometimes I was like, first of all, dude, shut up. Second <laughs> of all. It, it, he clearly has some sort of affection towards her, but it's been totally warped into his dad's perception of things. He is a mini me for his dad at this point, which perfectly sets up the rest of the episode, right? This next whole sequence where he's completely terrified of becoming his father, but also sort of trying to fill in the gap that his dad has left um, in terms of protecting the world. Mm -hmm. So I think setting it up that way, having it be, we have an analog to, or not an analog, uh, a foil to his dad's relationship with his mom we have him talking the way that his dad was talking at the end of season one all of this going on and then immediately smash cut to something else it makes his fear seem so much more real uh of like this could actually happen you could turn out like this the other thing that got me about that scene is right while he's paralyzing eve omni-man goes up to uh what do you call it rudy <laughs> and he goes you should have died at birth right when he oh. pulls the thing and lets all the water fall out i'm like wow brutal oh oh and then you could turn to mark and he's paralyzing a woman you're like yeah these guys are beyond saving and they want to get lunch afterwards <laughs> yeah they're like Very hurry casual. up because i'm hungry like yeah oof it was too much man the I'm whole thing i'm still stuck on that comment that um, you know, most marks choose choose, you know, the the dark side, choose um, you know, being the same way that Omni Man is. And I'm, you know, that's very unexpected. Well, I also think the second that I agree, I I didn't see that coming at all. But the second I heard that line, I thought about the line, which again, 
finale of last year has been haunting me forever. But that one line where he says, like, after all these years, like after a hundred years, what will you have? And he says, you, dad, I'll have you. And it made me think, oh, is this a version of Mark that really took that to heart and went, oh, I will only have this guy after however long. Oh. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, or e- even I haven't seen the rest of the season, even if that is an alternate universe, which I took it to be. But I don't know, just most terrible father-son relationship alive. I don't want to know what their little lunch lunch hangouts are like. I don't know <laughs> what you small talk over. <laughs> pizza, remember? They always like to go to pizza. There you go. Taco Tuesday. Is there Taco Tuesday in an invincible world? I, <laughs> I guess you taco Tuesday and be like, wow, can't believe you paralyzed your sort of girlfriend. Crazy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? Um, so, you know, obviously after that, that opening, there was no title card, but we, um, I guess, flash into this moment where um, Levy is being pulled through, right, with this green portal thing to, I guess, the prime invincible world um where mark is struggling what do you think um you know what do you guys think about mark you know in that opening and in that struggle what's he dealing with um we've seen that it's a realistic fear like how is he what do you think of the way he's dealing with that because we see him you know try to do good we see him do the elephant guy all these other good acts that he's trying to i guess make up for all the bad acts of his dad well, you talking about when we, when we switch to there? Yes, when we're switching to Prime Invincible. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, when the when the story switches to like the you know him and his mom, like while they're trying to like, I guess like grab over everything. Um, my takeaway on the rewatch, and this is just my takeaway, is um. Like, he seems like, you know, a child that, like, you know, like an abuse survivor, right? They, like, him and his mom both seem like people that survived abuse and they're grappling with that thought. And, you know, um, you just, I mean, that's kind of like, it kind of goes hand in hand with like Mark's thoughts about like, will I be like my dad? Will I not be like my dad? And it's just like, I I just, I got a lot of strong abusive spouse, like, 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 like metaphors in there, metaphors or analogies, however you want to like say it, but like that, that was my takeaway from it. I don't know what y'all thought. I would definitely agree with that. I think that one of the strengths of Invincible is that, I mean, there's, I think we've kind of gotten desensitized to a lot of superhero violence when in every mm-hmm. other movie, like Manhattan is decimated by aliens invading and the superheroes save everything and buildings are going all over the place. We kind of get used to it. But I mean, at the end of last season, that fight that he had with his dad, where first of all, it just very bloody but also you're right to me it rang like they took a superhero fight scene and they made it into a domestic abuse scene Mm -hmm. um and it really hit 10 times more because of that 
And so this montage where we see what he could have turned into, um, we see him attempting to do something about it, but he's also having these flashbacks to- Yeah, it's like trauma. It's like trauma, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, it's tr trauma. Um, and then also there's that Radiohead song playing in the background. Karma Police. Which, yeah, yeah, Karma Police. And first of all, Karma Police, um, a song literally about fate catching up to you. Mm -hmm. And then he's doing all of these things. He's obviously trying very hard. And then there's the lyrics, I've given all of I can and I can't, it, I've given all I can, it's not enough. Um, and then when we see the um, montage, the flashbacks that he's having to his dad um, and everything, there's the line I lost myself. Mm -hmm. And so we're very much just setting up, he is free falling. He doesn't know what to do. He's just desperately trying to do something. Um, I thought that that was a fantastic montage to put directly after that insane opener. Um, it really, I mean, it was in incredible whiplash, but it really helps put you in his head. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till you see episode four then. Don't oh say that to me. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I am gonna say um, second on that. <laughs> oh no, that's very ominous, and I, I don't know I... how much more ominous you can get with with Invincible. Oh, man. Is there anything that more ominous than Omni Man? You know. Oh boy, very true. Oh god, yeah. you and me as people who haven't seen the sh the set second season <laughs> all the way through, we are in this together. I'm yeah. afraid. No, but, but, but no, no, no. I mean, like no seriousness. I mean, it's just it's very compelling. <laughs> it's a very compelling show. Oh, it's, just, it's an ominous show all around. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Think about the GDA. I mean, they're always doing something in the background. At the end of the first season, we show that they're still doing the reanimation, and that has. From what I recall, that isn't immediately brought up or it might be in the work or something. And it's also another interesting point for another character that I'm going to tease and leave alone right there. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk about them too, because there are some some folks that are, are back in conjunction with that. Um, mm -hmm. well, later... yeah, I mean, the way that we have... Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna... go. The way that we have that whole very Mark-heavy sequence, and then we like very emotional very cognitive and then we immediately cut to the mall all these well yeah but also all these lines back to back like the line i shit portals now mm -hmm. and then scene after that i'm sorry your dad got exploded like such an intense opening and then immediate comedy i love this show i love the balance of tone that it does there it's trying i think some of it too is it's trying to not um as much as it can like not bum you out it's like it it hooks yeah. you and then they just want to pull you along and make sure you like you're you're still watching there you know it is so compelling it's something about it that you can't stop um watching it's and an advantage of animation it is right you can yeah. do so much different um so okay so you know we've talked about radiohead you know we've talked a little bit about mark um and what he's going through you know mark's relationship now with his mom is a lot different and we get to see that in, in the opening a little bit and just in this episode in general. What do you think is in store for them? Um, how is it different? Do you have any thoughts on Debbie? I have so many thoughts on Debbie, but I can't say any of them. But they're in my review, so you can check that out. And that's what all I got to say right there for that topic. You can yeah, totally I mean, say it. I mean, no, no, no. It's just simple. Like, spoiler? like she faces a lot of yes, uh, yes. But I mean, yes and no, not too much. 
she just faces a lot of grief and then tries to do something about it and and then what happens because of it is like ouch like mega ouch but that's all i can like i'm not gonna go but you're just like you just feel for the person because you're just like that is one of the worst things that could possibly happen to someone that has been through what she's been through like that's like the double that's like the double way you'll see it's a double whammy i'm afraid i'm very afraid for her okay fantastic (laughs) so episode four sorry sorry. episode four is ominous and debbie has an interesting um i think in episode two Okay. Episode two. Every day I wake up and I live in fear. Okay. John, yeah, you got something more to look for next for right. Sorry. Go ahead. Thursday. John. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, I, well, just speaking on just on episode one. Um, you know, bringing it back to the abusive spouse stuff. It really like the character seems to be grappling with that. It's like. Somebody who's grieving a partner that they thought was safe and they weren't safe at all. And, you know, somebody who they thought respected them but didn't respect them. You know, he thought of it as a pet. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, like, you know, it's... I think she's, I mean, she's angry. I mean, obviously. And there's, I think, you could have seen that play out with her a little bit in there. You could have seen that play out with Mark as he's like trying to like take out, take over his dad's old job mm-hmm. with, um, oh, what's it, what's the character's name? I'll forget, I'll forget the guess. Yeah, I mean, you kind of see with that. It's just, I feel like the whole episode is setting up that they're grief, they're angry, they're trying to recover from everything that happened and trying to start over in a world without a dangerous partner around. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there of, again, Marcus both trying to not become his dad, but also fill the void of his dad um, in terms of the protection he provided the world, though obviously it's not quite protection. But um, And then this is actually something I do know about the comics. I'm pretty sure that Debbie in the comics is a housewife yeah, uh, and she's not in the show. Um, and so I was waiting for her to react to the absolutely heinous line from last season, your mother's more like a pet to me. Glad that she talks about that because jesus christ um Mm -hmm. but i think it's really interesting that change that they made from the comics to the show to make her it's it feels like she has her own life um because in the comics if he says like you're more like a pet to me it kind of rings slightly true for her because she doesn't have a life outside of him um she doesn't have other friends and this i actually think it's more sad because it's like you can spend she says you she spent 20 years with him she feels like a full character. She has friends. She has a career. She has X, Y, Z. And she still is seen like a pet to this guy. So it doesn't feel like there is anything she could have done differently. It doesn't seem like there is anything that she could have done to be more independent. That's just how he was going to see her full stop. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting look that the uh, that the show takes as opposed to the comics. 
Um, and then obviously, of course, that she and Mark are sort of trying to grieve together, but they're also kind of trying to be strong together. Um, and she also clearly, I mean, they're both not well. We have Mark in the beginning having his flashbacks, but we also have, she sees um, a, a person with a knife in her kitchen and she mm -hmm. like immediately freaks out, which you would naturally do, but it's her friend, <laughs> right? Um, it's her friend, but she it's framed that this is the scary thing. She's clearly on edge. She mm -hmm. doesn't feel safe anymore. She feels devalued as a person. Dear God, I can only imagine. But not just that, she also knows that, you know, Olga was married to the one of the people that Nolan killed in the first episode. So she was probably scared thinking, oh, she's probably coming for revenge. Because think about that? it. She pulls Absolutely. out a knife and she's like, <gasps> like, like, oh, what are you here for? Hey, I just made beef shogunup. Like, oh, you're not about to stab me. Thanks. Love Hi. It when my friends me. I'm so oh. glad you showed up and scared the hell out of me. And they talk about Thanks that, too. They talk about, <laughs> you know, stabbing, poison. You know, they talk about, um, they kind of dance around Debbie um, atoning for her husband's sins, which is sort of terrible for, for her because she's also been, um, she's had this terrible thing done to her. You she know, got duped too. Yeah, exactly. She's a, she's a victim. And, you know, I think actually, you know, you mentioned that, um, she's quite different than the comics. I think that that was one of the big criticisms of the comics with Debbie was that she was so one dimensional. She didn't have all of that. So I'm, I'm glad they made that change for the show because I think she's just so much more interesting to see, to watch on screen and suffer because we all like to see characters suffering. Go all through things. You're love episode two, man. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Don't say that. I'm going to have so much fun, but I'm going to be sad about it. Okay. Now but that, Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I I, just very much think it's really interesting to see Mark and Debbie have to like atone for for Omni-Man. And there's he haunts the narrative, right? Yes. Even when he's not there, he's there, um, which I just think is really interesting. And also plays into the themes of him being sort of an abusive figure, because that brings very true to life. Like they feel like they're there, even though they're not there. So I think that it's a wonderful metaphor. Um, I mean, not necessarily a metaphor, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. I was trying to find the right, you know, term, but yeah, we, we, we there's we, literature words. Yeah, we, this we is a layered it. show. There's the words. What are words? <laughs> yeah. What's it in there? And this is kind of this is not not deep level, but this is just kind of you know maybe, maybe surface level. Do you guys think Olga is just back to chat or and catch up, or is he, she there for any deeper reason? Just. Oh, no. I thought, well, I don't know, but I thought the poison joke was kind of funny. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was a little, but I think she was just there just to be there and, I don't know, make peace. I mean, I'm not sure. I think she was just there to be there, to be honest. I took it as, like, a little moment of solidarity. Um, that's... I mean, especially after their interactions last season, it's just, oh, thank God that somebody else kind of gets the experience. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, group. exactly. Just like, hey. And so, like, I just lost my, you know, significant other. I know what it's like. I just came to support you. It's like no ill will. But that yeah. poison joke was indeed funny. <laughs> All right. So moving on a little bit. Uh, back to Cecil, back to the um, 
you know, to these superheroes that, you know, are protecting Earth, I guess, in in the wake of um, Omni-Man going crazy and Invincible not really being mentally there and mentally able to protect uh, the Earth. Do you think that, um, what do you guys think about Immortal being back, the Immortal being back? Uh, pretty predictable. I mean, they brought him back once, what, does it make the second time? It was just funny to see him die again a third time on the screen in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> that was the pretty immortal. great. He comes back. Exactly. No, <laughs> just the way he chopped off his there. arm. <laughs> right. Uh, I just love how Omni-Man's always go-to is to just karate chop everything off. <laughs> yeah. I think he's basically the Kenny of, oh. you know, of, uh, of Invincible. He's going to die like every season and just pop back up for no reason there's a counter somewhere yeah there has to absolutely. be what do you but guys I also, oh i was just gonna say I, I i also just think the um because of that because he keeps coming back and omni-man keeps killing him um the way that he interacts with mark is super potent because you're talking to the guy that your dad has murdered several times that is like a physical narrative manifestation of your own guilt um, that is confronting you and saying, I do not trust that you are not like your dad. Yep. Um, that is the most potent character you yep. could have to say that to him. <laughs> the only other most more or ha- more hard hitting character that could say that would be like if his mom said that, which she's not going to, I don't think. But if at least so far in the story. Or Adam. Say that, I'll cry yeah. forever. But currently in the story, um, <laughs> Immortal is definitely the the best character to confront him about that because it would just confirm his fears i think talking about haunting the narrative he literally haunts the narrative <laughs> he comes back every time he dies <laughs> you can't keep him down no um what do you guys think of bulletproof you barely see him yeah. i have a theory I, but i can't talk um... about it no, but it's a future episodes. Yeah, Honestly, they don't show theory. up that much. Yeah, just a little bit. Fair enough. Okay, I'll. <laughs> I can't. I'm not lying to you. There's not a whole lot. Wait, we... everything that you say, though, I'm searching for clues. I need to know what happens. Um, <laughs> I will say um, my theory um, um, argues is an argument that he shows up more than you think. Okay. Oh. Okay. And I'm not gonna okay. say how. Um, I might bring it up in private later, Red. But you know, but yeah, I, I think you. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I want to be quiet. So I can't say any. I can't say anything else. The people on Reddit are furiously listening to this podcast and looking for clues along with us, trying to course, to figure course. out the rest of. <laughs> um, the season um okay now i want to talk about uh angstrom levy and because he's such a cool character and there's so much going on with him um so this character you know pops up do you think he's good at first do you have any thoughts on that is he a good guy my interpretation was yes i figured without knowing anything about him, I was like, maybe he's going to get carried away with something at some point as these characters often do. 
But yeah, if you had interdimensional powers, you'd probably want to cure cancer and the lot. Everything he was talking and the way that he spoke about gathering the minds of people. And even at the end when he was like, he killed people I loved. Um, I mean, if you love alternate versions of yourself, you got to have a pretty good relationship with yourself. Self-love, love that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> to me, it very much did seem like well, he may get carried away. He clearly, at his core, I think, was trying to do something good. I think. I, don't I mean, know. he said he was planning on making a utopia, right? That was the thing, and why he paused it, and why he intervened and tried to save Mark's life. Well, yeah. saved Mark's life and risked his own because he didn't. He's like, I will not have blood, you know, spared to create my perfect world. So, like for him, it was like, I'll do the necessary evil and work with these dumb guys because they're handy. But after this, I'll dump him somewhere and do the, you know, best thing I can do here. I think but, that was that was definitely the moment. That was the like the point that you knew that, OK, this, you know, this version before he's, you know, had his brain squished and, and you know, seeded with millions of memories or thousands of memories. Um, like he he was good. He was altruistic. You know, he he wanted good things. But also at the same time, you know, if you have interdimensional uh ability i feel like it's 50 50 you could be a good person or <laughs> like you're gonna be a super villain there's no yeah well i mean here it literally 50 50 split is kind of going the other way now which, yeah uh i was just gonna say that um i think that as somebody again who hasn't seen the rest of the show um, or read the comics from that point something i find really interesting about this character is that it seems that a lot of this episode is focusing on thematically emotionally is grief mm -hmm. in a lot of ways trauma building up after that and the fact that we have this guy who's the most hopeful character so far in the episode and then he literally becomes a merging of like a grief for every alternate <laughs> version of himself thematically that's crazy um he literally his brain is bulging with all of the memories <laughs> and all of the deaths that he just experienced at once he is his own memorial in a way mm -hmm. that's crazy especially in a narrative where we are talking we've established we're talking about alternate versions of similar people and mark is i'm sure at some point going to have to deal with the fact that in most other realities he joins up with his dad um and i wonder if there is even a part of him who that sort of wishes that he was insane enough that he could because I'm sure he does in a weird fucked up way miss his dad yeah um, so I just thought that that was a really interesting character and like an origin story you literally a physical manifestation of grief making you go crazy um it kind of reminds me of a like a dark arc archetype archetype like he i think he is inherently good but he builds this thing that like overtakes him and like gets into his head and then like kind of make kind of makes him you know cross a little bit of boundaries that he might not have crossed before so I, I think he I think he is a good character, but I yeah, just a mixture of bad. A mixture of bad. Yeah. I, I would completely agree. And I think that the moral complexity of it is something that really works in this in this narrative about 
how you can go from being a person with really good intentions, literally wanting to build a utopia, which I mean, in superhero stuff never goes well, but (laughs) wanting to build a utopia to kind of, it seems at the end, single-minded focus revenge is what it seems like he's going after now. Um, At least at the end of the episode, right? In the post-credit scene. In the post-credit scene, right? And so to have that, again, already in a narrative where it's about, oh, you could become this other person. You're not just a superhero you could change over at any time. Um, Love that. Love themes. (laughs) Love it when there's themes. Okay. So, you know, we, we, we see this alternate, these alternate versions of him. We see, of, of of Levi, we see him, you know, be the personification of all, as you put it, of all, you know, the, the grief and the memories from um, all of these other versions of himself what do we think about the maulers and you know the many different maulers and now the two-faced mauler one of them uh you know one is dead and now one is obviously messed up is that going to have anything any meaning for further in the season well i think he shits portals (laughs) so yes um can I be honest? Yeah. I I, uh, I really don't like these characters. <laughs> I just they're so annoying. Every time they come on screen, I space out, and I don't know. <laughs> like it's this show is great. It's a wonderful show. Every time they come on, I feel myself like, well, you know, um, you know, Jordan Pills get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I go into the sunken place every time. Every time they come on, it's just I don't know why. Well, it's. I was just gonna say, as again, you may or may not be able to tell this. Crazy about themes. Um, and one thing that I like a through line throughout all of Invincible is about family, right? The one thing I'm really interested in uh, about them is the fact that they are. One of them is a clone. One of them is the original, but they're also kind of brothers. I think that that's interesting, but it's mostly played for comedic effect. Um, it doesn't really tie in to anything else. So I agree whenever they come yeah. on, it's a little bit like, okay, and now a plot device is occurring. Um, but I'm, I'm, I hope that maybe now that one of them is dead, I mean, they don't tend to mourn each other because they are kind of the same guy, but I hope now that one of them is dead and one of them's messed up, they may be a little bit more interesting to me because so far I agree. I just see them come on screen and I'm like, okay, so a plot thing is going to happen now and then we're going to get back to the stuff where I feel about it. I assume, you know, there will be clones again. And I assume, you know, you'll be able to tell the clones apart. And like you yeah, said, it'll be, be a plot thing. It'll be... Okay, so we're getting... Mm-hmm. And and you guys can't see what um what what red is doing right now but he's gesturing as we're theorizing so getting a lot of meaningful gestures <laughs> none of them bad not not a bad <laughs> okay okay so uh, so izzy i want to talk about um adam eve and i know you reviewed you know the special for the site i didn't see it i don't know if if you saw john or or red so i'd love to talk about um Who's who's witnessed my girl? Who's seen her origin? I am sorry, I am not caught yet. Not yet. I watched it. Did you? You did watch it? Yeah. Yeah, check that out at some point. This is for you guys then. Uh, I mean, Izzy 
did a fantastic review of it. So it covers yeah. most. The only thing I really like is, is that that they didn't just give you that for no reason. I promise you it pays off later on when you watch this season. It really is. You should absolutely watch that episode. Take a moment and watch it. It's not even that, what is it, like an hour long? But it's worth it. It's worth it because it it really quantifies that relationship she has and feeds a lot more to it and, and gives you more reason why Adam Eve has her motivations. So like some of the buildup you see from the tribulations of the special boom, you see the fruits of it almost quite literally um, in, in the season. So it's cool. Wonderful. It's because that's been haunting me for months. I was like, this is going to yeah. pay off somehow emotionally probably. Um, so I can't wait to see that. But also, I just want to say that it made me ultra be mad at Mark at the beginning because we saw the entire origin story of my girl. I got super attached to her. And then we see him paralyze her at the beginning mm -hmm. with her sick ass buzz cut. Excuse you, sir. I take issue with you. Um, but yeah, no, I find it really interesting, too. And this is something I don't know if it's going to pay off or not. But just the scope of her power in that special episode was absolutely insane. And we got her motivation, first of all, of course, playing into the themes of messed up family. Uh, but then also her alternate motivations of not necessarily wanting to be a hero and just want humanitarian effort, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which is obviously going to play back. I mean, they literally played that section where she's like, I could be, I don't have to be a hero. I could agriculture, et cetera, in like the little recap before this episode. Um, so that's clearly going to be something. But I'm just really interested in the fact that she can control matter and she's still not necessarily a match for Omni-Man as, as has been set up narratively. If there's going to be something about that, I'll lose my mind. If not, fine. But I just find that interesting. And now, now John and, and Red, maybe you can't quite comment on this, but do you think we're going to see Omni-Man return in the future? Do you think... Um... Do you have any predictions for... I cannot make any comment at this time. I think he's gotta. He's the guy. I want to make any comment at this time. All I can, all I can say is... Things it's my happen. story. There's more story. Things happen. People do things. Some people and, talk. Yeah. Sometimes they eat. Sometimes they... You know, it's... it's is uh, it Taco Tuesday? Is that what they eat? Yeah, yeah. It's it's always all this time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, that's I can't I can't elaborate. I'm very sorry. I mean, we gotta see. I just the next time that Mark interacts with his dad, every single cell in my brain will explode simultaneously. Um, not unlike what happened to that guy at the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. You guys are privy to the knowledge and I am not. I'm going to have to watch it weekly like a normal person. <laughs> Whoa, in pain. Must see TV at this point. Must see TV. No, what I will say is that I want to be, I want to be your brochure for episode four because I just, there's so much to talk about this season. Okay. And um, there's a lot to talk about this season. You keep yeah. mentioning episode four, and it's going <laughs> to take me weeks to get there. And from now until then, all I'm going to be thinking is something happens in episode four. Stuff happens in general every episode. I'm assuming uh -huh. that tends to be how TV is. Indeed. I'm assuming <laughs> since the season is split into two, 
like there, I think there are eight episodes, right? Four episodes each. I'm assuming that episode four is like something very, very major and cliffhangery. And yeah, there's like know, three gonna... cliffhangers. I want to say like three concurrent ones and between three storylines. Guys, <laughs> we've been talking about it this whole time. No spoilers. We no. Not... Yeah. no, we've just been talking about it the whole time. You just think about you, you and I'll let you reanalyze. We'll pull on those said. threads and and yeah. figure yeah. out. I'll, I'll, I'll just say back. this. And I'm going to have a notepad. It's going to be like Sherlock when he sees everything around him. <laughs> or Charlie Mind from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'll say this. I I would argue episode four is not the most shocking episode. No. Oh. Yeah, Three is. Shocking. Three is. Three was my favorite, hands down. Three was probably, I wouldn't say the best. Four was probably the best out of the four. Yeah, two three, and, two and, two and four. But three was my favorite personally three, because three you'll you'll see why with three. Just the way it opens, you can be like, I totally understand why Red was totally about this episode. It's an instant. Like, instant, well, you will understand like why. A good season. I'm yeah. Simultaneously excited and terrified. Well, you we have to remember there's there's other things like Mark ran into other people in other yeah. times. So like we have to address that at some point. It's not everything you... is just on Earth. You oh know? yeah, not everything is just on Earth. Yeah. Oh, are you talking yeah. about Alan the alien? Because they were yeah. he was teased oh. in the interview. Right. He was interviewing. He, yep. So yep. We, we can yep. talk about him. I mean, there was the coalition. They were up there, and he talked to them. It it because it's it's a point. There's a point of it. Why the coalition exists? I mean, that's I'm a conversation not, that's very good. To have. I mean, I'm, I not, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're talking about that, but I mean, hey, the universe is very big and dense. Well, we could be talking about anybody. It's so, massive. A lot of things. Okay. Because think about the it, universe. multiverse is one thing, but yeah. we're talking yeah. about it just on the scale of Earth at this point because. You know, Angstrom is just doing it right there, getting everything set up. And then beyond that, Invincible always breaks other bonds. Last season, we went to Mars and we did a big, big mission. And that also has play, comes into play, too. Now that I just think about saying okay. it out loud, I totally forgot about that. But, Let's yeah, there's something go. really cool. that sure. There's something it comes back to. There's just so many things. If you if if okay. you just watch the first episode, or go back. There's so much in season okay. one in, that does sneak in there. Yeah. Man, it's... It seems like the, the animation has taken a step up this season. The so much. scope is crazy this season. I mean, they've done a really good job at making it be, it is multiverse and then so much happening within this universe and there's all these characters, but it still feels very balanced, which I think is difficult to do. Um, so props to them on that. Um, so and then the plot is crazy and the opening was a banger and there's Radiohead. Oh, I am so, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think it's so different than a lot of the multiverse stuff we've seen. You yes. know, just comparing it to Marvel, comparing it to and uh, the Rick Flash. And Morty. Yeah, or and I'm thinking of the Flash with uh, Nick Cage fighting the spider. Just yeah. that's on on top of my mind right now. Um, but you know, this is very very different. You haven't seen a room full of the same guy trying to solve the problems of humanity. You haven't. Well, and you've seen Reed Richards. I mean, we haven't seen it on yeah. screen, but yeah. yeah, but like when you think about those, it's it's a nice one that like Council of Kings and another conversation that you could have as well. <laughs> in a weird way, the first thing that my brain went to with it was everything everywhere all at once in terms oh. of uh, all the different versions of you with all your different skills and knowledge and you're trying to bring yes. it together. That's a uh, great comment. 
that's a nice call out. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, the, that that whole meshing of trying to do it all as one person is cool. Like, I like the arrogance of him to say, why can't you just like talk to each other? He's like, because I need it all right here because I can see what the big picture I is. I gotta connect it. Okay, Sherlock, you're gonna have brain damage, but sure, go crazy. I'm just waiting for Mark's hot dog fingers because that's from everything. Every, yeah, when, whenever mind. Mark gets the hot dog fingers, fun. That's I'm trying to think about the, the multiverse, but there's not that much stuff. To- okay. Okay. Yeah, just, just so y'all know, spoiler, spoiler warning, the hot dog fingers is the shocking moment in episode three. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> just so y'all know, that's the big reveal. In it all three. comes down to a bagel in the end. Oh, man, <laughs> just like Spider-Verse. That's like Spider-Verse. Yeah, there's oh, this that's a whole multiverse other Another multiverse <laughs> movie. Well, yeah, there's so many. That's There's been so many pieces of media right now that are multiverse-related. That's where like everything's going. And I'm really picky about it personally. So if they do it, but they don't really get into it or they do it in a contained way, I'm fine with that. Um, because I think that it's it's getting increasingly hard to do innovative ways to do multiverse. But a little bit actually. I will say that it's fairly balanced in this. Yeah. It's fairly balanced. Yeah, they don't rely heavily on it I, honestly most of the multiverse stuff yeah. you saw was that episode where all that came down i mean yeah. so oh. i don't remember seeing angstrom past this episode to okay. my knowledge it's that mostly just thing. getting coalesced into this one guy with his getting giant dressed, yeah because <laughs> yeah, remember they're splitting this so like part one's going to be these four weeks and then as of now it just says early 2024 there's not a date or anything like they could put it out spring for all we know. So they're, they're prepping us. But on the other hand, good news. I promise you I have really good news. I'm going to tell you right now. They are like way deep in, in production with season three. So like that that wait is going to be a lot shorter, which I I already had a conversation with them, in, you know, but like what I've seen with, with the artwork and everything, they're really moving along. Okay. And Rhett? Red, you found this morning, I think, because we we had talked about it too. Like you found that they were had they just wrapped post on season three, or were they like, so were I they saw, in the process? I saw a picture that somebody who did some of the art design, like the backboards, you know, like the backgrounds. Um, and it was a really cool shirt. It shows Mark sitting there eating, and then there's like a ship flying in, and it said season two and three, and it was a wrap party that was held last week. Season two and three. And okay. three. And and three i have hope in my heart okay so i've also saw some resumes while i was looking at them that said that they were in the middle started on season three like back in the earliest one i saw may but most people were like june so like already june there's like people like the second stage of animation they were already like working on it so production is moving quite quickly so i think the reason why they're doing the split is to to whet the appetite so you, you can say look we gave you something in 2023 we promise mm-hmm. something and then boom here's something 2024 so that we can turn around and give you something really quick next year bang, i bang, think bang. that they promised that too i think the creators promised that there would never be it's that no- long mm-hmm. of a delay between seasons ever again so i think they got that's screwed why they got the special too. yes yeah mm-hmm. but honestly it worked great the special was a fantastic addition to it all it was fantastic. I hope they do more. Like, it'd be cool to see something else like that. Like, you have this multiverse concept. You could give me a special. Hey, you know what? Right now, they can inject a special right in between part one and two and just develop on Angstrom and then come back. And then we go back to the story of Invincible because ultimately it is a story. Well, I think that is a, a great moment to maybe end our Invincible conversation on. Um, I know we could probably go for many more hours, but Lizzie will. Forever. 
this will have feelings if if we don't wrap it up <laughs> and they will not be happy feelings um okay It'll well quiet for Lizzie. thank you all for listening uh this has been the cosmic circle and you know this has been our time chatting about invincible season two um it's been just a speck in the span of our life but i'm i'm happy we've spent it together um who are you guys and where can we find your writing um i am john dodson you can find my reviews and other pieces at the cosmic circus um you can also find me on Twitter X, whatever bird is <laughs> called, uh, John Movie Watch. I am also on Blue Sky, kind of. I'm trying to be on Blue Sky at John Dodson. Yeah, you know, at John Dodson writes. Okay. Um, again, I'm Izzy Friedman. You can find the stuff that I write on Cosmic Circus. Um, my social media stays between me and God, but maybe I'll make a blue sky for writing and and put that out there. I'm Anthony Flagg. You can find me at Rodova underscore on Twitter. Never going to call it X. <laughs> Never going to call it X. Never. And I'm Myla Ruby. You can find me at T-U-L-I-N writes on Twitter because it will never be X. And I'll be going down sinking like the Titanic violinists um you can find <laughs> us all at the the cosmic and i'll see you later